Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Canadian slash International Gamers. And you know what that means? I'm here with... Hello everybody, it's Ahmed speaking. And it's been a while. We... It's been a while, he says. What lies <laughs> he has been. He was here two weeks ago and he did a superb job. Stephen and I have been ridiculously busy. Him with, uh, well, him with nothing, actually. He's just a big liar. With me, it's been school and I'm not going to get into all of it, but I'm taking some tutorial classes and uh, just trying to catch up with... Man, good uh, luck with that. Good luck with all the... Uh yeah, the executive MBA stuff, it's, I, I'm sure it's uh, quite uh, d- difficult to manage and wrap your head around all the scheduling. Well, I'll let you know come August because that's when, that's when it like really kicks in. Right mm. now, right now it's just tutorials. It's not so, so bad. And I'm, I'm, okay. I'm almost giving up on the, uh, on one of the two subjects only in, in the sense of like, it's not even worth doing the problems and stuff like that. So all that to say, um, that's why I wasn't here two weeks ago. I was uh, also working on some concrete steps. Oh, my Lord. This, ladies and gentlemen, get a good job, study hard, work hard, get a good job so that you can hire people to build <laughs> stairs. Right? Oh, yeah, you told me about the, <laughs> Oh, this, this is brutal. <laughs> oh, this is brutal. So... Serena's mother, uh, I'm basically the only, like, man in the, in, in the, well, that's not entirely true, but whatever. I, I'm one of the only guys in the family, and I'm also mm-hmm. one of the only guys who actually does any of this sort of stuff, like, uh, light construction, electronics, and, you know, blah, 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 stuff like that. So anyways, her boyfriend was like, oh, I'm gonna redo the stairs for you, you know, I'll be the nicest guy ever. Yeah, okay, nicest guy ever. Well, Mr. Nicest Guy Ever can't do this alone. So then Jared got pulled into this, and it was just brutal because he had never done this before. So we had to frame all the steps. And I said, I'm like, why don't we just hire a truck, like a cement truck, and have them pour it down, and we'll like have it cascade and overflow, and and it'll be able to take the shape of the stairs, and we can do what we got to do, and blah blah blah. blah. But okay. no, no, no. Instead, we did this entirely by hand, all yeah, by hand, and it. I took, don't know. I don't know how you did it. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you how we did it. It took three <laughs> weeks of us basically every bloody day going mixing cement and doing the whole thing. And oh man, I am so happy this crap is done. So that's why, like, now with this course, I think I'm just going to be, like, going to go through the course, the tutorials. There's three more weeks left, and then I get a month off with nothing, then okay. orientation week, and then mm-hmm. it starts. So I think uh, I think I'm going to, like, I'm just going to chill with that, enjoy my summer. Yes. But, but I got really crappy news in terms of my teeth. Now, this is something I have not spoken about, so this is going to be new for everybody. Okay. Okay, so many, many moons ago, I had, you know, your typical stuff. I had braces and all the stuff to straighten all my teeth. And if any of you watch the videos, you can tell that I have some crooked teeth. And you may be like, well, wait a minute. What the hell? That doesn't make any sense. And it's got to do with the fact that when you get older, and I don't mean older as in like 70 years old here. I mean, when you hit puberty... Your, your face changes. It'll either elongate, it widens, it, it, you know, mm-hmm. it just changes. Yeah. And so as such, what typically happens, not always, depends on the, on the, on the person, but it, it's very common 
is where you can have some shifting. Uh, it's also if your wisdom teeth are coming in, if they're impacted, if even if they're not impacted, mm. there's usually not enough room in the jaw to support all or in the mouth to support mm-hmm. all of these teeth, which causes, again, further shifting and, and so on. Yeah. So anyways, all this to say, I went... Uh, I went to see my dentist uh, maybe, I don't know, seven, eight months ago. Really, I, I go to like some of the best uh, doctors and um, and dentists and, and so on and so forth that you can here in the city. And people think I'm insane because like I pay probably, not twice, but I pay a very high amount for the services. But what I love about it is all of these these places that I go, it's not that you're... Like they're, they're overcharging for the services. It's the fact that they have all the latest machines. They have all the new toys. They new have, tech. Mm-hmm. yeah, they have like their, their staff are the nicest people you can imagine. They go for psychology training. They go for like, it's, it's crazy because they want you to feel as comfortable as humanly possible. So typically, yeah. Typically, the people that go to these sorts of things are business people and stuff like that that can afford to go to these. Because I'll give you an example. So, like, a filling here uh, might run you, like, a hundred and, I don't know, 120 bucks, something like that. With these guys, it's going to be, like, 290 you know, something like that. So, it is it is a substantial, like, investment, I guess you would say, or whatever, price hike. But I, I really find it totally worth it. And... The price has nothing to do with where this is going. So anyways, I I was chatting with him and he was saying, you know, like your your teeth have shifted enough now that we need to talk. Like we're getting into the the point where if you're not careful moving forward when you're in your 60s or or 70s or whatever, you could have serious jaw problems. Because mm. the bite is off, that it could build our arthritis within the jaw, and so like you have an overbite, something of that sort. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. without getting into the whole the whole yeah. thing. So, anyways, he sent me to uh, one of their orthodontists, which again, oh my lord, amazing! All the toys and stuff. It was so cool. Like they were, they were, they were doing all this stuff, and and I, I was asking a million questions, and they're all laughing at me. They're like, "My God, you're like so inquisitive." I'm like, "I'm like a little boy." I'm like, "This is awesome." <laughs> and anyway, it's, it's just a com- cosmetic thing for now, right, Jared? No, there's no pain or anything of that sort. No, 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 no. It's yeah, just, and, and it's not even. It I will obviously, say, it will. Uh, the, they're they're just protecting you in the long run because of when you yeah, get to precisely, the old age. Yeah, yeah. You you can't tell by just looking at me when I'm talking or whatever, but yeah, it doesn't look obviously when you look, go when I see you in the videos. It doesn't really show that you have any like, crook- crookedness or anything of that sort. But what it is is it's an alignment, and that's yes. where where the issue lies. Like if I wanted to eat certain things, it is starting to get difficult now because okay. only only a couple of teeth actually touch anymore. Oh, so, okay. okay. So okay. like, yeah, it's getting it's getting bad basically. So so the doctor was basically like, we're going to put together a dream team for you of surgeons, orthodontists, and and myself, like the the, the regular dentist. And he's like, and we're going to make you a package. So I got the news yesterday, and oh man, I was like, this is really crappy because basically, no matter what I do, major surgery is required. So uh, at what point? At what point? Like a few years down the road, or when? When is? Oh major well, yeah, no. So, so first, if I decide, 
Okay. If okay. I decide that I want to do this, mm-hmm. it would be in about a year and a half. Okay. Because they have to prep you for this. For the surgery. Yeah, it's got uh, about... I remember you've been saying that you've been, uh, you did wear like a, a something at night, a, a brace of, of some sort, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, was a long that time ago. Part no. of the uh, overbite, or, or did no, it help? no, 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 no. That was that was something else. There, um, oh, that's a different thing. Okay, yeah, that's that's. But now, like, given that, like, that's all. That was in the in the past. Mm. What I'm we're waiting on one more thing is to see that like are any of my airways blocked? Because if my mm. airways are blocked in any way, yes. and this surgery can help with that, then I'm going to go with like the more the more. Um, how can I say this? Invasive procedure. Yes. Only you don't because... have any sleep apnea or any of that sort, right? Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like I don't yes. I don't know. And so oh. we're gonna we're gonna test that out to see mm-hmm. which there's two there's basically two options that I have. One of which is your 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 downtime is between two and six weeks to recover. Mm-hmm. And the other one is it's all day surgery. The problem is that it's multiple surgeries over mm. say six months eight months something like that mm. and so that's why i'm kind of like well i would say go for the one man. yeah amen right exactly go that's for why the one it, it uh, multiple surgeries is a bit even though they're maybe less invasive than the one it's you're still going to have like a recover multiple recovery times precisely between these surgeries yeah yeah precisely so I'd, okay. i i'm gonna have probably like a whole episode uh not a podcast but like i'll probably do a whole <laughs> video talking all about this because people are will notice like you know certain things happening and being like what the hell is yeah. happening it's, it's also like, nice to you know to 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 be, it's good that you're aware of this and it's good that you're a, a video like that will educate people because not a lot of you know a lot of people ignore these these the, the overbite and just keep it as is until they get to their 60s where it gets like okay you can't do anything anymore you know no exactly and and mm-hmm. with with the crew that i have uh what i love about these guys is like they say they're like jared your your gums and your teeth are ridiculously healthy like that's that's, excellent, yeah. that's, that's not a problem thing, yeah. you know and i have yeah. all my real teeth i i have no mm-hmm. i have no real issues here mm-hmm. it's it's just this and and so like they're saying they're like if if you can fix this you'll be set for the rest of your life you know yeah, because so today, sort of like a preventive yeah a preventive yeah well that that's yeah. just it exactly yeah. so okay enough with the the whole thing we'll probably have a few people who have already like uh, closed <laughs> off of this tuning like, out <laughs> exactly they're like who cares man get to the good stuff get to the games man <laughs> so okay so the before i ask you you know what you've been up to and stuff like uh-huh. that i uh-huh. want to actually tackle we're going to do this in, in a weird way okay so we're going to deal with the Canadian games first, then I'm okay. going to ask you what you've been up to, and then I have two other little things. That sounds nice. All right, so for those that don't know what I'm talking about, Canada Day is on July 1st. Hooray! <laughs> and so, Stephen, we got to give credit where credit's due, and... Uh, you know, he, he always says he's the brains behind the operation, and he does have a lot of good ideas. I'll give him credit there, even though he's the worst. So, he wanted us to basically talk about, he, he said the top five Canadian developed games, and I said, nah, that's boring, because if we do that, and we actually spend time doing research, I assure you we're gonna have very, very similar lists. So instead, I'm going to say to hell with him, and we're going to talk about basically five Canadian-developed games. So I'm going to read off his list first, and I purposely didn't pick 
the same games. I did this all on purpose because I was like, it's going to be boring to just talk about the, the same things. So he put them in order, though, of his top. So that's just uh, tough for him. So number five was uh, Batman Arkham Origins, which is funny because it's actually a phenomenal game. Did you ever play that series, the Arkham Knight series? Un- unfortunately, no. Uh, but I was always interested in uh, in uh, the first two. I would say Arkham Asylum and City. I played a bit of Asylum, but I unfortunately just I it went flew over my head with all the games that were coming out at the same time. Okay, well that's cool, man. Yeah. Arkham. Origins is the one that everybody like badmouths. They're all like, yeah, yeah whatever. Because it's, it's the side right. one. It's not, not by Rock, Rock Steady, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what I find really funny about it is it's actually a superb game and it's one of the best Joker stories like ever. So, so why do people have a problem with it? That's I my question. I don't know. It's weird. And I'd actually yeah. like to hear what a lot of you guys say. And I, I mean, yeah. it's it didn't have the same voice cast and I think a lot of it has to do with that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I, I'm very curious to hear what other people have to say about that. So number four is Celeste, and Celeste is the game that Steven's like, it's the greatest game ever made, you're such mm. a loser for not playing it, <laughs> and blah, 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 blah. Um, I have not even had a chance. I have it downloaded on my Switch. I just haven't had any time, to, or not even, I don't want to lie and say time. It's not always time the issue. It's like I haven't had any interest in in playing that. Have you Have you actually played that one? Uh, no, I'm waiting for a discount, you know, with these indie games and these multiple games for the Switch. I usually wait for the first discount that I could get, like a 30%, and then just immediately go for it. Are you interested in the game? Yes, very interested. Okay. Uh, I've heard a lot of, like, praise, and I was surprised that actually it's uh, it's Canadian developed. I didn't know that. So, um, for a gig like that, one of the, like, one of the best uh, or best praised indies in the, in the past, I would say, a couple of years... Uh, I just, I'm really interested in it. Even, the, the, even people are saying the plot is quite good for a 2D action side scroller. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard good things as well, but it's mm. once Steven puts a game on a pedestal, like, that's it, I'm out. Mm. So that, that, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so his number three was Severed. Severed, if, uh, if those that, oh, wow. uh, <laughs> that don't know is from Drinkbox Studios. Those mm. guys are awesome. I've actually spoken to that development team. Yeah, you're before. friends with them. I'm not yeah, mistaken, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I've been trying yeah. to get them on the show here forever. Be but, nice. Uh, that would yeah, be cool. I know. Yeah. But now they're they're just too big for us. That's right. I'm talking <laughs> directly to you guys. So I'm sure uh, they're listening. <laughs> did you ever play Severed? Uh, no, but I've played their first game. What was it? The Tales from Mutant Space Blob, something like that, right? Yeah, I can't remember mutant, the name. What was it? Uh, yeah. Tales from Space Mutant Blobs Attack. That was an awesome game for the Vita. I loved that. But severed, uh, again, under my radar, but I did buy it for the iPhone. Okay, well, good. Give it a, yeah. give it a chance. It's, uh, it's a really, really awesome game. It's a first person dungeon crawler, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Like that. yeah. Yeah, really, really good one. Okay, number two was Mass Effect 3. I don't really need to say anything about that. Yeah, it's from Bioware. Bioware. <laughs> and the minute, the minute I saw the, like, the list, I knew, I like, if Steven even asked me if he was like, oh, what's my number one game? I would have known right away. I would have been like, it's gonna be Knights of the Old Republic. And of course, it's Knights, it's of, the Knights of the Old Republic. Republic. Okay. Yeah. So. That's a good cool list. Do you want me Let's to, uh, how do you want to do this? Do you want yeah. me to list all my games or do you want me to list one and then you list one or what do you want to do? Go for the top five. Yeah, top yeah five. We'll, okay. we'll discuss them bit by bit. Yeah. Okay. So again, I, mine are not really in order. I just, mm-hmm. as I thought of the games, I just wrote them down. 
So okay. the first one is a game that I have not spoken much about, and it's Cuphead. Nice. Cuphead that's, that, is that also, a, I didn't know that was Canadian developer. Yeah, really see? cool. Yeah, yeah, that game is that game is reason enough to. Well, I think it's on PC as well now, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know that you, that you actually played through it. I did. I nice. did indeed. Yeah, and okay. and the truth is. Uh, I've mentioned this on probably on a podcast or other videos or whatever. I don't have an Xbox One hooked up anymore. I mm. disconnected my Xbox One a long time ago now because mm-hmm. I just wasn't playing it. Uh, but I have a good friend of mine that was like, you know, you got to come over and we got to like we, we're going to go through the game. So we cool. went through the game and yeah, just that is that is a game like. That is an awesome, awesome run and gun game. Mm. If you're a fan of Contra or any of that stuff, yeah, I need to. I really need to check this out. Yeah, the aesthetics alone, I'm a fan of because of the old school cartoonish, you know, like Tom and Jerry like (laughs) aesthetics. I really want to get into it. And if you if you don't have an Xbox One or you don't really have interest in buying an Xbox One, I'm I'm fairly certain it's on Steam. So I'm pretty sure you could just mm. pick it up on PC, and your PC is strong enough that you could you could handle this to work. Okay, nice, nice. So uh, my number good stuff. That's on. a good pick. Yeah, see, not bad, eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my next one is Guacamole. I would have probably. I don't know. You know, I, I'm really not sure if I would have picked Severed, but I, I wanted Drinkbox Studios to to pop up here because they're they're a phenomenal developer and. They really deserve more accolades. Like these guys have put out some unbelievably wicked games. Guacamole is is a uh, Metroidvania style game, but it's like it's a it's a fighting game. Like it, it's really messed up. It, it's 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 not a fighting game as in you know round one fight, but it's like imagine if Super Metroid wasn't using projectiles and stuff like that like you had to actually go up and beat the crap out of uh out of enemies and there were a bunch of combos you could pull off and all this sort of stuff that's mm-hmm. what I, I i love about guacamelee yeah. absolutely amazing game yeah. all right i wish i had time to play that as well uh, it, it it felt the fighting system felt like it's a 2d god of war to me that's why when i always saw it in motion yeah that's good yeah that, that's actually yeah. that that's that's fair Okay, so yeah. the next one is a game that uh, Steven actually introduced me to. <laughs> and this is a messed up game. It's another indie game. It's Death Spank. Death Spank is one mm. messed up game. Have Never you ever heard, heard or seen that? No. Well, you got to check that out. It's well. I don't know now. I don't even know what platforms is available on. Like today, it's probably still only on the 360 or whatever. But who knows? But it's basically like it, it, it itself is a, a like a dungeon explorer type of game where you go around and you just like it's like a Diablo type of game. But okay. the humor is just ridiculous, just absolutely ridiculous. I think the second one was like the Thongs of Virtue. It was called or something. I don't know. It's just, it's one of the dumbest, most ridiculous games ever. And it was done by, uh, Hothead Games, uh, out in, uh, British Columbia. And anyways, just a brilliant, brilliant game. So there you go, Stephen. That's, uh, kudos to you. And speaking of Stephen, for a guy who's not here, I'm talking a lot about him. Uh, the next game <laughs> is Dead Rising 3. He and I had so much fun with that stupid game at the launch of the Xbox One. <laughs> 
It was ridiculous how much we would laugh and do. And when that that expansion came out, that Super Ultra Omega, whatever it was, that was that was just it was ridiculous. We we had an utter an utter blast. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that they uh, Capcom handed over Dead Rising to the Vancouver studio because uh, I didn't like the first one as much, but the second one I I went I was crazy hardcore into. And it did also have online co-op, and and uh, you could uh, match up with uh, random people. It was quite fun to play. I'm sure that it's similar to Dead Rising Three, and so whatever you praised, I didn't play three, but I played two. So all praise with Dead Rising Three, I could I could relate to it because I played the prequel. And and I'm sure you would have had a a good time too with uh, with the third one. And my last game that I wanted to talk about today, uh, I've, I've spoken about this game in the past in, I believe, in, in one of our Halloween specials. I may have done a video on this. I, I don't believe I've ever done an actual review of this game, but it is Eternal Darkness on the GameCube. Oh, man, you stole mine. <laughs> I knew it! Yes! <laughs> That's okay. But that... That game, I've, this I've mentioned, I had to have mentioned this multiple times over the years. I had to have. But that game was the only game to this very day that ever actually made me, like, freak out. And mm. only for one scene. And that had to do with the volume on my TV. Because at, if you know, once the sanity effects start to kick in and it's like, you know, we're deleting your memory card and there's like a volume, you actually see like the volume menu pop up and like you see the, the volume going down. I actually, when I say freak out, I don't mean as in like, oh my God, I'm so scared. I mean, I actually got up and went, what the hell's going on with my TV and grabbed my remote. And this is coming from a guy who knew full well what this game was all about with the sanity effects and stuff like that and it's the only game to ever actually get me sort of deal and i always talk about that how i I was standing there with the remote in my hand turning the volume up on the tv i'm going what the hell is going on and i still i still have a good chuckle with that going like god you're an idiot (laughs) <laughs> it would be awesome if we uh, actually like get co- comments from users or fans or we actually like try to like find a compilation of stories that relate to being tricked by the sanity effect because I'm sure I most 99% of the people who played this game had to be tricked by one sanity effect or another. Your story is quite hilarious. I had something similar, but it was the blue screen that happened with the GameCube and your, your save is going to be deleted. I was tricked. They, they tricked the hell out of me. I was, I was freaking out. No! <laughs> I was like, no, it's the middle of the game. <laughs> it, uh, man, uh, the sanity effect alone it's uh, and the story, it's the replayability, everything about this game, It's for me, it's the greatest horror game I've ever played until to this day. Nothing tops it. Yeah, man, it was uh, it was one to remember, and still makes me very sad what happened with that studio. Yeah, after. yeah, man, and they really tried doing the Kickstarter route with uh, Shadows of the Eternals, and I was looking forward to it, but uh, nothing came about it, sadly. Yeah. So, man, it's your turn now. Obviously, we have one of your games. What are the other yep. four? That was number one. Yeah. So let's go from yeah, from five to two. I would say the fifth. I have them in order relatively. The fifth one is one that's surprising, and I didn't know it was it was developed by a Canadian developer. Uh, it's called Def Jam Fight for NY. Have you ever heard of it? Yep. Yes, I have. Yeah. 
Uh, it's co-developed by EA Canada. The uh, I'm kind of cheating, but it's still it has its hand on Canadian developers. The other developer was AKI Corporations, the same people who did the N64 wrestling games. Mm-hmm. And for me, these games are absolutely amazing. I love all the N64 wrestling games uh, because of the pace and how like it's it's more of like you it's simple to control and hard to master. And there's a lot of mind games with the uh, the controls. And what they did was they took that engine and, and upgraded it for the next gen, which was the PS2, and they made it more fast-paced and used rappers as the avatars or the characters that you play as. I'm not a rapper fan, but <laughs> uh, having a DMX is going to give it to you playing in the background while playing as a rapper and using the AKI style controlled. And there was a really like uh, deeply developed story for that game as well. Uh, it started with the first game, Def Jam Vendetta, and then, but part two for me is the, is one of the best. And it's one of the best, uh, you would say wrestling or fighter games for me in, 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 ever. And I really wish that these, the dream team of EA Canada and AKI can come back and get something like that. So, uh, number five for me is that game. I don't know if you played it, Jared. Never played, but uh, know about it, though. Yeah. And I know that you're, like, the uh, hardcore wrestling fan. You're still a big fan of wrestling. Uh, yeah, I, w- I watch occasionally. The I go for the monthly pay-per-views mostly. I don't watch the weekly ones anymore. They get the, it's just too, like, three hours is too much to sift through, I would say. <laughs> yeah, well, no kidding. I, I don't know how I don't know how yeah. anyone does that. Three no, I, hours. I, I, yeah, I stopped. It's too long, man. I just get the YouTube scripts. They 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 start posting the WWE. They post like these one two minute uh, the main the main things that happen in these weekly shows. I watch those from time to time, but I stopped watching it fully. It's just too much. Yeah, I don't too, blame too, you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, number four for me is uh, Mario Strikers Charge from Next Level Games. Next level is for me is my favorite Canadian developer of all time. They're they're absolutely amazing uh, because they take Nintendo's properties and they make it their own. And they did that with Mario Strikers Charge. As soon as you see the intro of that game and the the electric guitars blaring and the 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 more like you would say darker side of the Mario universe, you you you're all in. And uh, Mario Strikers, even the gameplay is quite innovative uh, because they like what they do with Mario Tennis. They sort of uh, uh, blend uh, like fantasy soccer with a very fun and like rhythmic gameplay mechanic and, and passing and shooting. It's really cool. And the uh, Wii controls weren't that uh, annoying with that game. It, they you, you use it once when you're trying to like uh, uh, get the the goals as a, as the goalie. Uh, and aside from that, it's uh, it's just all uh, regular controls. And for me, the the music. Uh, I still recall interviewing the the composer, and for me, he he he's, he still makes amazing music, and he's so underrated, man. I'm just checking yeah. uh, the the developer Next Level Games to get yeah. a list of all the different games. Oh, Do you know man. what the game was for me? The game that really put yes. them on the map. Take a guess. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see if you can guess what. It's a Wii game. I'll help you out. It's a Wii game, and I was just floored. Yeah, it might be by number uh, number three in the list, which is Punch Out. Yeah, man, yeah. nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's actually my number three. Good segue there. Perfect. <laughs> and yeah, Punch Out is even better than Mario Strikers Charge because they really made it their own. A lot of people say that it's. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't agree that it's racist because they they sort of make fun of. 
the different ethnicities, but they do it in a very playful way. And it's quite hilarious, actually. <laughs> like, really simple things, like when you're fighting Glass Joe and he's from France, and the, you know, the dizzy animation effect is the, the cross horns instead of uh, birds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These type of stuff. It's quite funny. And the gameplay, uh, even though I'm not a punch out fan, I did not play the first two. This one I was just, I, I absolutely loved. I didn't finish it because it was so difficult. It got difficult towards the end. But uh, the fact that uh, I watched a couple of experts play it, and there are so many ways to like one-punch KO an opponent, uh, it's so mind-blowing how they, they, they the intricacies of getting all the gameplay of the old games and just making it new again. Uh, you're a fan, man. You're a fan of uh, Punch-Out, right? Yeah, damn right. Yeah. I, yeah. I was... Like, I was very disappointed. I've I mentioned this so many times over the years, but like, the N64 era, as awesome as it was in a lot of different ways with a lot of different wicked games and stuff like that, I looked at it as like, like the dark times in a lot of ways because so mm. many franchises just disappeared. Where the hell was Metroid? Where was Punch Out? Where were all these, these, yeah quirky games that like unicycles and all you know like just where was the nintendo from the snes like where where the hell what happened to them and of course i know the answer and uh, you all know the answer and we all know what happened just the n64 took up way more resources than than they originally thought it was going to and then it wasn't as popular and so on and so forth and blah 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 so all this to say that, you know, like, even GameCube. GameCube comes out, and that's one of my favorite consoles of all time. I love that little purple box. But there were so many games that I thought, by that point, I thought were gone for good. You know, like, if you would have told me that Punch-Out was going to make a comeback, I would have said, you're out franchises. of mine. You know, yeah. And so, and here I am today... And I'm like, oh man, they gotta make another punch out. Like, I want them to make another punch out. And do we know what they're working on? I think their last game was Dark Moon, right? For Luigi's Mansion? Yes, that was our last game, and we re- we thought that they were developing the remake on the 3DS, but I don't think they're 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 making that. I think it's internally developed, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm wondering, well, like, what the hell are they doing? Gonna be interesting. I really hope they they get back with a switch or something with uh, like a new Myra Strikers or even a new Punch Out or something. It would be that would be really cool. Yeah, that would be all right, man. So what's next? But you know, you, you know that it, it also gets me to the point that everybody were, were making were they're making fun of the Wii and how it doesn't have any games and look at like Punch Out alone. You know, yeah, I know and all the next I, level yeah. games. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's one thing I won't, I will never do, okay? Like, that's one thing, like, when I talk about the Wii, I'm very, I'm very, you know, vocal about, I did not like the fact that they didn't have a standard controller like they did with Mm. the Wii U and they've done with the Switch. That's the only sort of thing that I disliked was the fact that you didn't have the option of, for example, like the Metroid Prime trilogy, you didn't have the option. The option for standard controls. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Like, other yeah. than that, I would yeah. shut up because <laughs> there were so many good games that were released on, on that platform 
that it's a friggin' shame, man. Just, just that. Metroid Prime Trilogy. Like, I'm dying. Absolutely dying for them to release the Metroid Prime Trilogy on the Switch. And I was, I was, that's actually one of my biggest disappointments from E3 that they didn't announce that. I was, I was really, really hoping that was gonna happen. They really should because uh, it's a perfect introduction to Metroid Prime Four. If if they really want to make uh, the game and, and make more sales for it, a lot, a lot of people uh, actually played the Prime trilogy. Let alone even some of them, they just played the first one or even played the third one. So they really should try to bring that compilation with standard controls. And Jared, you you've been doing an excellent job segueing segueing all my games because Metroid <laughs> Prime is actually my next my next in the list and. Uh, for me, it's the best re- game that Retro Studios ever made. Even though they uh, develop, they excellently developed the, the Donkey Kong Country uh, Tropical Freeze and Donkey Kong Country Returns, I still prefer met- the first Metroid Prime out of all their games. It's just uh, there's something magical about that game. Uh, I remember we, we've been talking a lot about how everybody hated this game when it was announced because it's so different. It's like blasphemy, you know? <laughs> Metroid first person, what are they doing? But they actually I don't know, for me it's the it's the first Metroid game I played alongside Fusion. They were both released in the same uh, day, so I got them both. And uh Prime was magical. It 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 I was engrossed throughout the whole game and I still recall the uh, the days that I was I, I actually I was on vacation and I got my GameCube with me. Uh, we, I think we went to Lebanon, and I re- still remember the days for me trying to complete Metroid Prime because I actually cut off for a couple of months. And then I played it during vacation. It was an absolutely magical experience. They successfully, because uh, w- I was playing it alongside Fusion, so I saw where they took all the two D elements and successfully recreated them in the in the three D space. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really. That was really something, that one. Like, I mean, I don't... I'm the type of guy now, like, I I just prefer to shut up. Because, like, I don't remember... I don't remember. Like, we'd have to go back on, like, the insider message boards and stuff like that. And and remember, like, I don't remember... If I, I was for or against, if I was... I don't know. All I know is that when it came out... I it 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 basically shut me up. That was that was one of the ones where I was just yeah. like, wow, like they did a, a like an incredible job. And the truth is, the reason why I want the Switch, you know, version of uh, the Metroid Prime trilogy, it's going to sound bad, is not for Metroid Prime Two, and it's not for Metroid Prime Three. It's specifically for Metroid mm. Prime because that, like you, yes. uh, it was. There's something very special about that game. They never uh, successfully recaptured uh, what they did with Metroid Prime 1 and 2 and 3. I, I recall playing 2 and I was like turned off by the whole dark light mechanic and 3, it felt a bit too cinematic for me. Like yeah. 1 was the perfect mesh of loneliness and storytelling through gameplay. I think they did everything with that game. Uh, I, it, it, it's going to be very hard to top with Metroid Prime 4. The only thing I could see how Nintendo will move forward with the franchise in Metroid Prime is if they take the concepts of uh, Odyssey and Breath of the Wild and implement it in Metroid Prime 4 in the sense that 
Samus becomes an actual bounty hunter, and you actually go choose where to, which planets to go to. That's the only way that they could like top themselves, I would say, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know, man. Honestly, um, as cool as it is, you know, to see like Metroid Prime Four, part of me is kind of like I just like Metroid because the the thing is like. You know, with Halo come out, with XCOM and all these games, it's, we have moved, like sci-fi games have moved into this ultra cinematic sort of direction now. Mm -hmm. And Metroid is not about that. Metroid is about, and and I know people are going to argue, are they going to be like, what are you, nuts? Super Metroid is one of the most cinema, like, you know, has the most cinematography ever. Yeah, but it's in level design. It's in, it's not like, yes. you know, there isn't 50 million cutscenes and all this. And what I loved with Prime was that you had one major cutscene and then everything else was about you exploring that world, scanning items and being yeah. alone. And that's the, what the whole the rest scans of the series tell, was. Tell yeah. Yeah, you man. Know, the scans like, tell, tell it, the story. I love like, the scan it. stuff. When you scan yeah, stuff, man. they sort of like, uh, you could, it just tells you what this thing is about or what happened here. I, I, I actually love that about the first game. Yeah, exactly. And, and I love the fact that you were alone. You felt alone. In all the other ones, in two and three, it didn't quite have that same level of isolation, that, that claustrophobic sort of feeling. And that's what made Metroid Metroid. You know, is that like you are alone, man. There's nothing you can do. And, and yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I'm going to be very, very curious. I, I'll be honest. I was very surprised that it's actually called Metroid Prime 4. Me I too, didn't expect yeah. that. I- I thought they would like put a subtitle or something. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm 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 very curious to see the direction they go. But I will say again, I think I think the wise play here is to get the Metroid Prime trilogy on Switch as fast as they possibly can, or at least lining it up to the release of the other games. Sort of like what they're doing with Shenmue. I think that's a very, very good idea on Sega's part to release Shenmue 1 and 2 HD, knowing that Shenmue 3 is coming out. Because otherwise, yeah. it'd be like, well, who the hell is going to buy Shenmue 3? The vast majority of people have no idea what Shenmue even is. Yes, uh, me included. <laughs> I, I, no, exactly. Uh, back and, and in that days, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna I need to get very, to, you know, I caught up in a way. Yeah, I'm going to be very curious to see what uh, people think of that particular series today. So, okay, so now we're, we're done with our whole Canadian, uh, like, whatever list there. My goodness, it's already been like 40 minutes. We have such big mouths, especially me. And <laughs> so what have you actually been playing? Cause my answer is really, really simple. I've got, I've only played one thing. So what have you been up to? Uh, for me, uh, luckily I, after June 20th, because I, I, I had the, uh, dissertation resubmission and I finished that so I have like a bunch of free time now on my hands until I uh, uh, wait for my mark and everything uh, so I, I before before that I've, for the past three months I've been grinding doing the dissertation and so I, I, I cut off completely uh, from uh, gaming uh, when I got back uh, 
I obviously got back to uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and it really reminds me of how I tackled Xenoblade Chronicles 1. I, I remember telling you this. I, I, it's the, ni- the nice thing about these long RPGs is you can play them in chunks, and y- you don't feel that you've lost any progress. Like, for me, Xenoblade 1, I, I didn't play it for six months, and I was like 70 hours in. And then when I got back to it, I felt refreshed. You know, like, oh, wow, this this game is actually, you know, I'm not bored of it, you know. But <laughs> exactly. taking these breaks, especially in these long RPGs, uh, is very healthy. Because when you get back to the game, you're excited. You're like, oh, I got to do it. Especially with Xenoblade 2, because they did the smart thing of, like, releasing content updates. And now you could actually bring in the characters from Xenoblade 1 into, <laughs> into Xenoblade 2, which is absolutely awesome. Uh, and there's the storyline that uh, update that's coming in September. Uh, I think by the time I get to September, I was I was I'm still going to be like towards the end of the game. I, I don't think I'm going to be finished by it. So it's quite fun getting back to the groove of Xenoblade Two. Uh, it's uh, warts and all, you know. It's not perfect. Uh, there's a lot of uh, flaws with the game, but the the it's it's more good than bad in my opinion. I, I absolutely love. I'm engrossed with everything about this game. Uh, another thing that I've been doing is uh, Mario Tennis Aces that has been released recently, and I was surprised, maybe not too surprised. There's a lot of uh, com- there's a competitive, big competitive aspect to it, more so than all of the previous games in the franchises. By adding these new like mechanics, uh, the racket breaks, and each uh, character having certain offensive and defensive options, it feels like a fighter hidden in the tennis game. Uh, they took a lot of the aspects from Mario Power Tennis from the GameCube and refined them. Uh, and a lot of people, uh, who are into, like, uh, fighting games and even the Smash Brothers series, they're actually taking this very seriously and they're, they're doing, they're, they're going against each other competitively. Uh, me included, like I'm going into the online tournaments. Uh, when the demo came out, uh, I was uh, rocking it, man. But uh, when the full game came out, I, I'm, I, I couldn't win. I, I just won one tournament and I've been getting my ass handed to me by people online. Part of it is that they're, they're really good players. The other part is that they're abusing. Uh, still, there's, there's some balancing to be done with the game. Bowser Jr. is absolutely overpowered. And when you look up uh, YouTube and try to find like a video of how to defeat Bowser Jr., you get zero results because everybody wants to keep this secret hidden because everybody's playing as Bowser Jr. I refuse to play as this overpowered character. I, I try to find ways to beat him. Maybe I'll release, I'll try to make the first video, the first video ever. But again, I'm not the, the, super, the most uh, awesome player in the world in, in Mario Tennis Aces. So I've been playing that solo online. And uh, I've actually been bringing my Switch um, to my friends and been playing multiplayer. They do not like the the uh, new rules, the new like uh, fantasy type tennis. You could uh, slow down time and and use these super moves. So we're going back to the when we're playing doubles, we're going to the simple rules. They're more of uh, fans of the older games, the, the first game only sixty four, and the GameCube game uh, when it was more simpler. So. We disabled all these and we're playing doubles and we're absolutely enjoying it. It's it's awesome fun, man. Well, good, man, good. So those are those are two pretty uh, pretty big games. What was the thing that you were? Was it was it? It was Aces, wasn't it? With like some story mode or something. What was the game? I'm trying to remember now because you had told uh, yes, me. Yes, uh, Aces also like, has oh, a. Uh, Oh, with with Mario Tennis or so? You mean another game? 
Well, no, that, that's I don't remember what you said. You were worried because you were like, oh, the last one was so crap. And you're like, I really hope this one has a good, like, the story mode type thing is really oh, good. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It, it's, yes, you're right. It's it's Mario Tennis. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the last one on the Wii U was absolutely terrible. There was... There was there was no content at all in that game. Like they re- they they rushed released it basically because they didn't have anything to release on for the Wii U back in that uh, time period. Uh, so basically, what they did, Camelot is they took the same engine and they refined everything. Uh, I did not play much on the adventure mode and Mario Tennis Aces, uh, and this is the first time that they ever do uh, an adventure mode for a mainline Mario Tennis game on a console because they did always do them for the handheld. Obviously, the handheld w- w- games will always be superior, no matter what, because uh, uh, they simplified a lot of aspects. It's it's uh, the uh, the handheld games are more like uh, what you played with Golf Story. They're they're RPGs, and they and they have like all the RPG aspects with the tennis uh, gameplay. This one, there is some light RPG light mechanics, and it's more like a level based. You go to level one, level two, and okay. the adventure mode teaches you how to actually play the main game. It's quite fun because there are cinematics and they try to like do this <laughs> really weird like story. Everybody's making fun of uh, because there's this magical racket, golden racket that has like five stones. It really seems like the the, the same gauntlet that uh, Thanos holds. So a lot of people are making fun <laughs> of making memes of that, like Luigi holding this golden racket, the infinity racket, the infinity <laughs> stones. So it's, it's, it has this really funny fantasy based uh, story. And there's a lot of text. Uh, the dialogue, surprisingly, for a Mario game. <laughs> I played a bit. Uh, it's uh, quite nice to play. It's fun. But again, it, it won't top what uh, you see in the handheld games. Okay, well, that's interesting to know. That's interesting to know. And I like that. I like the <laughs> Luigi as the infinity racket. Oh, bow before <laughs> Luigi. So I, I actually have been playing... Uh, basically just one thing, and you'll see it if you notice like what I've been playing on the Switch, which has been Bloodstained, uh, Curse of the Moon. Oh, which nice. That's basically, a nice pick, I've played a bit which, of that. You, did, have you tried that yet? Yes, I did. I've played a bit of it. Uh, no, actually not a bit of it. I've, 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 uh, I've like, I didn't beat it, but I'm at the, at the final, like, uh, castle at the top. Uh, the final boss. I could not beat this this, this final boss. <laughs> okay, but is it is it your, is uh, it your first normal. time? Uh, first time I ever play a uh, Castlevania type game like this. Okay, because you have to beat it a couple of times in order to get like the real ending type of thing. And you, I don't want to spoil oh. it. I don't want to spoil it for you. But interesting. The, yeah, okay, the, okay, the, the game okay. actually changes. So it's it's not exactly the same thing when you go through it again, and that's all I'm going to tell you. Okay, I'll leave it. Nice. At that. So I, I, I thought I thought uh, I was like, why is it short? And now no, it's not so. It has replayability. That's oh yes, cool. yeah, big time. I love. Oh, so that's why the first levels had some places that you can't access. Exactly. exactly. Oh, now I now I'm like uh, putting two and two together. Yeah, there were some places <laughs> like you needed the other character. Exactly. To access. Exactly. Ooh. And, oh, that's an interesting twist. And also, so, like, I don't want to, I'm not going to spoil anything, but, so, okay. you, you get to play it again, I'll leave it like that, and then, okay. when you finish it the second time, you then have to use your noggin and realize that, you know, when you when you met your first, uh, like, whatever, partner character? Mm-hmm. Do you remember, like, 
what you had to do to get them to join? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I can't recall. Well, what, I'll tell you. Please you had me. to press. You yeah. basically had to press up on the D-pad or on the with the analog stick or whatever. You basically just talk to them. Okay. So the question, yes, I, yes. the yeah, question okay. I'm going to ask you is: next time, go through the game, mm-hmm. play through, do the whole thing. But what happens uh-huh. if you just kill them <laughs> instead of talking oh. to them? <laughs> what the and hell? Then, Exactly. And then what happens if you just ignore them completely and walk right by them? And that's it. That's all I'm saying. But uh, go ahead Whoa, and try that. Dude, you blew my mind there. <laughs> so, <laughs> you blew my mind. You could do that? <laughs> yes, you can. And you get completely different Damn. endings and, and everything. Like the, the, the game changes depending on what you do. But I will say kill them the the not not like okay play the game finish the game where you're at play it again with the new mode that unlocks and then play it again and with new saves every time and on on your like last session go through and kill them all and you're gonna lose your mind when you see what happens it's bloody wicked (laughs) damn so anyway i don't know if i could uh, i'll try to beat the game with one character it's so difficult man (laughs) well you you'll see you'll see just Kill okay. the the other characters. I don't want to okay. spoil it, but you'll, you'll see. You'll see. So anyway, um, so with that in mind, like I've gone through the game, like uh, I don't know, like a whole bunch of times, and uh, mm-hmm. I got a I got an email. Uh, what like uh, yesterday? I think it was. Yeah, yesterday on the twenty eighth, I got an email from Kickstarter saying, "Hey, Jared, but your E three twenty eighteen demo of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is now available for download." So I went, oh yeah, baby. And that's actually going to uh, be up tomorrow for all of you guys. I have it, uh, well, tomorrow. This podcast is going to be released on Sunday. So that's kind of, it was yesterday. <laughs> and it's amazing, man. Absolutely amazing. I heard, was, I, I heard that the demo was absolutely extensive, the E3 one. Yeah, yeah. It's so I, yeah. I don't I don't even know what to tell you, okay? So I I recorded my very first like playthrough of the demo and I don't even know I have to go back and play it again because I don't even know what the hell I missed because the first like it starts off with the same demo that was released when the Kickstarter first launched. So that like, you know, that alpha build, beta build, whatever you want to call it. Except this time, they're all okay. the voice actors are in it. It's been completely fleshed out. So the full system, all the gameplay mechanics are in there now. It's all polished up. Uh, the graphics have been tweaked ever so slightly and so on and so forth. And so I thought that was it. I was like, oh, this is really cool. You know, like they're showing you the progression they made since the last time you played this demo. But then, nope. Then you beat the boss, get off the boat and make your way to the castle. Then when you make your way to the castle, you unlock stores, an alchemy shop, all kinds of crap that you can power wow. up your, your character. And then you actually get inside the castle and start making your way through the castle. You get their save rooms. There's like, it's, it's wicked. I was losing my mind. I was like, this is friggin' 
awesome. There's even quests in the game where you can talk to an NPC and she's like, you know, the children are, are, are complaining about some monsters. Go kill these monsters. And if you kill them, you get alchemy okay. ingredients that you can then use to make more powerful weapons and stuff like that but the problem was i went in the wrong direction so like as i was exploring because it's me i was like oh okay so there's a part of the map that we haven't done let's go there so when i did that i fought the final boss of the thing like of the demo and then it's just a screen pops up and it's like oh it took you 57 minutes to go through the demo i was like damn it I'm like, I didn't want to finish because there's a whole other <laughs> section of the map that I ignored because I wanted to complete this one area. So I was like, this is unbelievable. It might be like a two-hour demo. I, I don't know. And I don't know what you can wow. and cannot do because there's tons of stuff. So very, very exciting. Man, I'm really happy that uh, for the team because... You know, with these Kickstarter games, you always think that, oh, this is going to be disappointing. Oh, it's not going to yep. be as good as you think. But uh, it seems that they, with with the uh, Curse of the Moon uh, uh, preview, it would say the, the classic game, it's it, things are looking up. And it seems to be a very promising game. And I'm For me, even though I didn't back it, I'm looking forward to uh, getting the full version. Even though I'm not like a big Metroidvania fan, I don't play a lot of Castlevania games, but yeah. I really do want to get into I'm, this because I'm, I do. I did love this Curse of the Moon. Yeah, man, yeah. I, I'm I'm there with you. Like, I think, I I think this. Like I I say it in in my uh, in my video, but I basically say like you know Iga like you deserve major props. The team deserves major props because like you guys are delivering on the concept that I loved with Kickstarter, where you get to make the game that you want to make, and it's clear that you know this is Symphony of the Night 2.0. Like, this is straight up. I mean, even the music, man. At one point, I'm like, is this from Castlevania? <laughs> like, like it sounds like so, <laughs> so, so good. Like, I, I was just freaking out. Like, they've got, like, the choirs in the background as you go through, you know, like, the little, like, uh, like the entrance to the nice. castle. and so Yeah, man. I was like, oh, this is, this is just, this is exactly, exactly what I wanted. And so if, if the final product turns out like, like what it's shaping up to be, I, I think this could actually be the single best game that's been released on Kickstarter. Like this could be like a new franchise, you know, like it could really introduce us to a new franchise and I even have questions because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But like if you play Curse of the Moon, some of those characters are featured in Ritual of the Night, and I friggin' love that because it's like I have now nostalgia for those characters. Like, mm. I care about those characters. So how, when they appear... How ironic. They did it in a very smart way. Oh, know? yeah, Even man. Even though they're, not, they're, released clo they're released close to each other. That is smart. Damn right it's smart. I was like, I was like, this is freaking brilliant because it's, it's having the same effect on me as Symphony of the Night had. When I first played Symphony of the Night and you see Richter, it, it's like, oh man, you know, from Rondo of Blood or for most, most North Americans and Europeans from Dracula X, you're like, oh, that's so cool. And then when you get further in the game and you realize you're like, holy crap, but 
like there's characters from Dracula's Curse from Castlevania 3 in here and I was getting the exact same feelings when I got to this one particular point again and no spoilers but you meet one of these other characters and I was like oh man this is wicked <laughs> and so really uh very nice yeah really that, is, that sounds so exciting dude really looking forward to this i'm really really looking forward to this same here you hyped me up now and curse of the moon hyped me up but now i'm, I'm even more hyped up for this yeah well <laughs> you need to go uh you need to go finish that that's all i can tell you because it's pretty awesome <laughs> what uh what happens definitely i'll i'll i'll, uh, I'll have to, I'll, i might give it a session tonight actually <laughs> Oh, you're crazy. Well, we're actually pretty good. I just looked at the time. We're at 56 minutes. This is a good place to wrap up our our little podcast. So I'm going to leave this one to you. You can uh, close out our glorious podcast. Thanks, everybody, as usual, for tuning in. Uh, This was cool. I wish Steven was around, even though Jared calls him a monster. monster. (laughs) It's still nice to have like a three-man podcast, but hopefully... Hopefully, hopefully, we could we could try to manage something in two weeks' time. Uh, keep it locked to Project COE as usual for all your content, and we'll catch you later.